This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. It's the first day of a busy week in Washington as lawmakers face a lengthy to-do list before heading home for the year. Before that happens, there's expected to be votes on government funding, impeachment, and the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. On that front, Mexico has withdrawn its weekend objection to U.S. labor personnel after a chat with U.S. trade leaders. Jesus Sayade was in Washington today to meet with U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer after sounding the alarm about language in the deal concerning U.S. labor officials. Mexico had previously objected to U.S. inspectors entering Mexican factories to ensure compliance with a new labor language in the agreement. Lighthizer sent a letter to Sayade today clarifying the text was meant to direct U.S. officials working in American consulates in Mexico to work with the government there to implement the new standards. The personnel, he said, would not be labor inspectors. In a press conference this afternoon, Sayade said he was satisfied with Lighthizer's assurances, as were other authorities in Mexico. The House Ways and Means Committee is set to mark up the USMCA implementing bill tomorrow morning. For more on the current state of play, check out Bill Thompson's coverage on agripulse.com and stay tuned for more updates tomorrow. The funding question got a little clearer this afternoon with the release of bill text. Included in the spending package is an additional $1.5 billion in disaster relief for producers impacted by weather challenges in 2019. That's on top of a $3 billion aid package passed in June. The bill also does not include a house-backed provision that would have prevented USDA from relocating a pair of research agencies to Kansas City. Congress is expected to vote on the legislation before the government funding deadline at the end of the week. The Department of Agriculture's Farm Bill implementation process is now focused on a key conservation program. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service is finalizing a rule to give states the ability to increase cost sharing for certain priority practices. The changes are coming to the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, which helps producers with about 150 different conservation practices. NRCS Chief Matt Lohr says this will allow states to focus on local priorities. Most of our cost share programs are around 75% to a 25% match, but in certain areas, if they have a, a designated priority practice, they can actually raise that up to 90% to make sure that we're really tackling those those practices that are the most in need in their state. Some contract lengths on certain practices are also increased from five years to 10 years. Being able to give some more flexibility in, in how a farmer may implement, maybe for cover crops, for example, he may have several fields that he wants to do, but instead of using cover crops on the same field, he might be able to have some flexibility where I'll try it in this field this year, maybe rotate it around the different fields to kind of get a comparison. NRCS will make available $1.2 billion in fiscal year 2020 for EQIP. State offices are expected to announce sign-up periods sometime next year. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Finally today, the author of a House-passed immigration bill is defending her approach as the bill struggles to gain traction in the Senate. The Farm Workforce Modernization Act passed with bipartisan support last week, but only 34 Republicans voted in favor. The legislation includes language giving farm workers in the country illegally a path to legal status. California Democrat Zoe Lofgren says labeling the bill's efforts as amnesty is not a fair characterization. They'd have to pay a fine because... They were undocumented prior to the certified agricultural worker status, or they could stay on the CAW status, you know, whichever they choose. Uh, I, I don't think 
that is uh, any kind of giveaway. She says she understands it could be a sticking point in any potential Senate negotiations. You know, I don't want to ever say never, but that is a very important point for us. I mean, you can talk about how you get there, whether you've got the appropriate sh- sanctions for people who, who didn't follow the rules, but to have people in permanent limbo, I don't think that's good for the country. To hear more from Lofgren, check out this week's Open Mic interview on agripulse.com. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.